This is Dave LaGreca of Busted Open, and I know two extremely passionate fans about AEW. Paul Zartman and Tanner Lee. That's right, Paul and Tanner. I love what they bring to the table on the Kicking Out Podcast. That's right, the Kicking Out Podcast with Tanner Lee and Paul Zartman. Are you listening to me? If you want the latest on AEW and you're an AEW fan... And you want to get the scoop, you listen to Paul and Tanner right now on all podcast forums. I'm talking, you go to the podcast store, you lay down your money, and you buy the Kicking Out podcast. You do it now. If you love AEW, you'll love Tanner and Paul. It's Wednesday night, and you know what that means. It's time for another episode of the Kicking Out Podcast. I am Paul Zartman. There is no Tanner Lee tonight. He is uh, apparently in Florida uh, vacationing or something. I don't know, something about some friend's wedding or something like that. So just me tonight. I am here. We are going to talk AEW Dynamite for uh, February 16th. It is Wednesday night again. And uh, we're going to have all sorts of fun tonight, at least to the best of my ability. This is uh, my first solo podcast. So Tanner has done one of these already by himself. And so I told him it's only fair if I do the same thing. So with that being said, we're going to talk about the breaking news first and foremost this week. And that breaking news, it's not really breaking news anymore, but uh, I still wanted to talk about it a little bit to kick off the show. And that's just like the title of this episode, No More Cody and AEW. This thing came as a complete shock to me. I knew that Cody uh, wasn't under contract anymore, um, but uh, I thought that they were going to work something out. I'm really starting to think that the promo he cut before the match with uh, Sammy Guevara was to kind of show Tony Khan what he could do, what he had. But with that, uh, yeah, Cody and Brandy have uh, moved on from AEW. At this time, Tony Khan has wished them the best. And uh, it wasn't one of those, we wish you the best in all your future endeavors. It was a true kind of heartfelt thing, in my opinion. Um, So the rumor is, of course, that Cody is going back to WWE. (sighs) I don't know about this. Um, I could see it, but at the same time, I really, really don't want to see him go back to AEW. Um, I mean, or to WWE, I apologize. Um, Cody back in WWE just seems like something that uh, was not meant to be. He left for a reason all those years ago, and... For him to go back after all the shots he took at Vince and WWE, it just it doesn't feel right. Now, there are rumors that he's uh, going to go to New Japan, to ROH, to NWA. Again, these are all rumors. Even the WWE stuff is rumor at this point. My 
best advice at this point if you want to know what's going on with Cody Rhodes and you want to stay up to date with everything. Uh, follow Sean Ross Sapp on Twitter and uh, Fightful Select because these guys are working really, really hard to make sure they bring you the most accurate, up-to-date information. Uh, SRS even said today that you know he was going to do an update, but he planned on talking to folks from AEW and WWE today, so he said he'll bring an update tomorrow instead. So if you want to know what's going on with Cody Rhodes, again, Son Ross, Son, yeah, I can talk tonight. Sean Ross Sap. There we go. Sean Ross Sap and Fightful Select are your places to go to follow all of the Cody information as the story continues because I don't think there's an end to this story here for a while. Uh, I think we're going to be kind of left in the dark for a while. Now, of course, you know, one of the rumors is that uh, Cody could appear at Elimination Chamber this weekend. I don't think he will, honestly. Um, I think that if he is, in fact, going to WWE, if this isn't one giant work like people think it is or have said that it is, then I don't think we see him in WWE. And if we do, it's not going to be right now. Earliest, I'd say, is WrestleMania just because he's going to leave the fans guessing for a while. Now, of course, he's always said he's not going to turn heel. Leaving AEW is a pretty big heel move, in my opinion. So I'm not 100% convinced, again, that this isn't a work. But like I said, follow Sean Ross Sapp. I can't spit it out tonight. SRS. Follow SRS and Fightful Select, and uh, you'll stay up to date with all that's going on with Cody Rhodes. Now... Uh, enough Cody. I think we've dedicated enough time to Cody Rhodes tonight, even though I am a huge Cody fan. I'm a bit of a mark. I'll, I'll admit it uh, for Cody, but uh, I think it's time now to dive into what we do every single week, and that is recap AEW. But before I do that, I want to remind you that Tanner Lee will be back with us again next week, and we'll get his thoughts right off the bat on Cody leaving AEW. I'm sure we'll be talking about it again next week, just because, like I said, there is no end in sight to this story. Uh, everybody could say, it's over, you know, tomorrow. No. Even if he re-signs with WWE tonight and it breaks tomorrow on Fightful, it's not over. I mean, I, I really, it doesn't matter what people say. It's not over. All right, let's do this. Let's dive into tonight's AEW Dynamite. We kick off the show with Jim Ross welcoming everybody to Tennessee and AEW Dynamite. He starts it out as he always does. It's Wednesday night, and you know what that means. CM Punk is in the ring and is cutting a promo. Says, I am straight edge. First, he talks about how he is proud of what he has accomplished in his career. Next, he talks about MJF and how he lost in Chicago. Now, Punk says he will have his rematch against MJF at AEW Revolution in Orlando, Florida on March 6th. He did thank Moxley for the help in the tag match last week. CM Punk is talking about having a steel cage match and that he has won more steel cage matches than he's lost. Next, Punk talks about Rowdy Piper and Punk challenges MJF to a dog collar match. 
MJF's music hits, and he stops near the entranceway. MJF is about to speak, but instead he drops the microphone and walks away. And this was because of the fact that um, CM Punk brought out the picture from when MJF was much, much younger and met Punk. And Punk talked about in the promo that uh, for him, it was the best night of his life. For Punk, it was a Friday night. And come Revolution, it's just going to be another Sunday night. Tony Schiavone is backstage now interviewing Christian Cage in Jurassic Express. Jungle Boy says he's enjoying three-way matches and is no stranger to winning a battle royal. Cage says while the tag team division is changing, Jurassic Express will stay as the champs. I'm interested to see what's going to uh, come of these guys. Uh, Tanner is a big fan, thinking that Christian is going to stab them in the back. Christian's going to cost them a match. We'll see. We'll see, Tanner. We'll see. Uh, we get a shot of the crowd as we see that Melissa Joan Hart is in the crowd. She looks a little happy. And this is shown by Lee Moriarty's making his way down as Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson is already in the ring. Danielson and Lee Moriarty begin things with a few exchanges, but Danielson puts the Romero special on Moriarty. Moriarty gets out of it. Moriarty goes for the border city stretch. However, Danielson makes it to the ropes. Danielson nails Moriarty with a uh, draping knee strike to the face. We go to a picture-in-picture commercial break. When we come back, we see Danielson and Moriarty exchanging strikes. Danielson gets Moriarty in the label lock, but Moriarty escapes it by getting his feet onto the bottom rope. Danielson hits Moriarty with a series of strikes. Now Danielson hits Moriarty with an elbow, and Danielson goes for a buzzsaw kick. Moriarty avoids it. Finally, Moriarty hits Danielson with a belly-to-belly suplex. Moriarty goes for the pin, but only gets a two-count. Danielson hits the Basaki knee after hitting a shoulder capture suplex. Then Danielson puts on the triangle sleeper and Moriarty is out. Danielson wins by uh, submission. After the match, Danielson says he wrestled Moriarty because he wanted to show him a thing or two about violence. He then says he asked John Moxley to team up to create a whole new AEW and teach young wrestlers about violence. Danielson then says he wants an answer from Moxley, and Moxley heads to the ring. Moxley talks about the first time he and Danielson were in a wrestling ring together. Moxley says he came up short, but facing the best only made him want more. Moxley says he has never beaten Danielson and says that while the locker room is scared of Danielson, he is excited to get his chance to face him finally. But now, Danielson wants to join forces with him instead. Moxley says that he has listened to what Danielson had to say and that while it would be awesome to team up and cause destruction, he says that the two of them could leave a legacy and give back to the business. Moxley admits that regardless of how hard he tried, he could not find a reason to say no. But then he started to think why Danielson would want to team with him and not face him in the ring. Moxley says Danielson knows what he could do to him and what he has done to everyone else for the last three years. Moxley says, if that's the case, then I have already beaten Danielson. Moxley wants to know if Danielson intends to team up with him or keep from being keep him from being destroyed and that he is not saying yes, but he is not saying no. Moxley says he will not stand with anyone unless they bleed together. 
first. So I am digging this. The Lee Moriarty match with Danielson was great. A um, lot of back and forth action. A lot of people thought this was going to be a squash match, but at the same time, a lot of people got to see what Lee Moriarty is capable of. I've thought for a while that this guy's a rising star. He's going to be great when the time is finally here for him to do that. And we got a little bit of that showcased tonight against Danielson. I think Danielson will think twice before he challenges Moriarty again. Um, the Danielson-Moxley thing, I'm all for it. Uh, as soon as Danielson challenged him, I said, I want this. I or, uh, offered him the team together. I said, I wanted it. I wanted to see him take on each other, but I wanted to see him tag together even more. Hopefully, that's where we're going. Hopefully, we'll get a uh, Moxley-Danielson fight. Not a match, a fight. Where these two will bleed all over the place. And then they'll end up as a tag team by the end of the night or within a week or so. After uh, Moxley's done talking, we get a Keith Lee video highlight. Lee cuts a promo about being in the face of the Revolution ladder match. I'm excited for Keith Lee to be here tonight. Or to be in AEW in general. Uh <laughs> Uh, he's not here with me tonight. That'd be great if he was, but I think he's still trying to enjoy his honeymoon a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for this. I think he's going to do great things. He's going to get a chance to actually showcase who he truly is. We've already seen that they're not going to change his name. They're not going to change his music. They're not going to change his wardrobe. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to see what this young man can actually Duke, because he's been held back way, way too often. Up next, we've got a face of the Revolution ladder qualifying match with Wardlow taking on Max Caster. Uh, when Max Caster came down, when the acclaim came down, I figured Caster would have something to say about Cody, but he didn't. I was surprised. I was really betting on the fact that Caster was going to somehow work in leaving AEW, but he never did. The match begins with Caster getting a few shots in on Wardlow, but the strikes do not damage Wardlow. They head out for another picture-in-picture commercial break. Anthony Bowens gets involved, and Sean Spears also gets involved, allowing Caster to hit Wardlow with a chain. Caster hits the mic drop, and Caster goes for the pin, but Wardlow kicks out. Caster will try to powerbomb Wardlow, but he cannot get Wardlow up. I don't blame him for trying, but he had to know he wasn't going to get him up for that. Wardlow pushes Caster into Bowens. Wardlow hits Caster with the powerbomb symphony. Wardlow pins Caster and gets the victory. After the match, Bowens attacks Wardlow. Wardlow takes out Bowens and hits him with a powerbomb. Sean Spears then enters the ring and hits Caster and Bowens with chair shots. I am ready for Wardlow to turn on MJF. I know it's coming. I know we're planting seeds. He's getting more and more frustrated with Spears attacking whoever his opponent is for the night. But I am ready for the turn. I am ready for him to be... In singles competition, by himself, be a babyface, be away from MJF. Heck, he doesn't even have to be a babyface. Just get away from MJF. Stay heel if you want to stay heel, but get away from MJF, and I cannot wait for this. It's going to happen, and it's going to be amazing. 
Tony Schiavone is backstage with Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, Rebel, Jamie Hayter, and Mercedes Martinez. Baker tells Mercedes not to lose, and after tonight, it is undeniable, and will she will be the most powerful woman in pro wrestling with the best squad and the best sensei. The actor Martin Covey from Karate Kid Films and Cobra Kai uh, appears on the screen, and Baker asks him, what happens if Martina loses? He responds by saying, you know what to do, finish her. I like this because... Um, it's interesting to have Martin involved in this. Uh, I want to see where it goes. But I'm also interested because at this point we don't know. Are we taking out Martinez or are we taking out um, Thunder Rosa? We find out later on in the show. But that's not the point. <laughs> I'm interested to see where this Martin segment goes, though. Uh up next, we've got Adam Cole making his way to the ring. Tony Schiavone introduces him, asks him a question, and Adam Page doesn't even get a word in before Adam Cole interrupts. Cole talks about his Texas death match with Lance Archer. Adam Cole congratulates Page on retaining while listing off some of the recent matches that Page has had. Cole says that Page has earned the right to call himself a world champion, Cole says he has been the world champion everywhere he's been, and this is a shame that his reign will be ending soon. One thing before we go any further, yes, in NXT he was champion, but if he would have gone up to the main roster, we all know he wouldn't have been champion. He would not have ever had a chance to be world champion. He was too little, so I'm glad he made the jump from NXT to AEW, not NXT to the main roster to AEW. That would have been a whole different story in itself. Cole says that Paige has uh, not been around his so-called friends in months and asks what kind of friend he is. Paige says he's not perfect and he tells Cole that he recalls that Cole does not have the best record with friends either. Paige says that he has some regrets and made some mistakes. My notes just jumped on me here. Give me a minute here. Uh, ah, and Paige says the more he thinks about it, Cole stepping into the ring with him is one of Cole's biggest mistakes. Cole says the Paige has gotten good, but now Adam Cole is in AEW. Paige will be known once again as the other Adam, just like in every other promotion they have been in. Paige puts his title in the corner to fight Cole, but Cole tells him to relax. Cole says that it he could share a ring with anyone in AEW, it would be him. And when they face off in the ring, it will be for the AEW World Championship. Cole says, with all the respect, may the best man win. Shakes hands with Paige. Cole then walks away as Paige watches on. If you watch Cole as he gets out of the ring, he's got a smirk on his face. And I just, I knew something was going to happen. I was hoping... It was going to be the Bucks to kind of bring that story back up. Um, but instead, we get Red Dragon. Adam Cole joins in on the attack. We see security run down and try to break it up. Dark Order comes down, and Order seems to be restored until Preston Vance, Dark Order's 10, starts taking out all of the security guards. And I was confused by that part. 
I know he's trying to show his dominance to Adam Cole and Red Dragon saying, look what I can do. But it didn't feel like it was natural. It felt forced. So I hope I I hope something good comes of this. Hopefully we don't see 10 taking out 10 plus people in the future, though. Up next, it is uh, the fighting of the inner circle. Chris Jericho and Jake Hager taking on Pride and Powerful's Santana and Ortiz. And after Jericho and Hager get to the ring, Santana and Ortiz come out. And then Eddie Kingston comes out. I knew he had to be back tonight. There was no way Eddie was going to let these guys take on inner circle without being there himself. And that's true. Of course, uh, interesting little uh, match. So let's get into it, shall we? The match begins with Jericho and Santana exchanging shots. Santana hits Jericho with a clothesline. Santana gets in the face of Jericho and talks trash. Santana gets more shots in on Jericho, hits Jericho with a dropkick. Santana tags in Ortiz. Ortiz gets some offense in on Jericho. Ortiz hits Jericho with a fisherman's suplex. Ortiz goes for the pin, but Jericho kicks out. The whole plan here, I think, was to keep Hager out of the ring and focus on Jericho because they don't really have any beef at this point with Hager. It's all with Jericho. Jericho tags in Hager eventually, and Hager takes down Ortiz with ease. Hager hits Ortiz with a belly-to-belly throw. Hager then hits Ortiz with a Hager bomb. Hager goes for the pin, but Ortiz kicks out. We head out to picture-in-picture commercial break with Jericho getting in or getting the tag. I gotta say, Hager looked amazing tonight. Uh, he has been working really hard to get in shape um, for his next upcoming or his upcoming MMA fights, and he's done a great job. He looks fantastic tonight. We come back from commercial break. Ortiz hits the street sweeper on Jericho. Ortiz goes for the pin, but Jericho kicks out at two. Santana and Ortiz cannot believe it. Jericho has Santana in the lion tamer. Ortiz reaches the ropes. Jericho hits Kingston because Kingston climbed up to the ring apron for whatever reason. I have yet to figure it out. As a manager... I would not climb up there unless I absolutely had to or I was trying to benefit uh, somebody else. I don't know why he did it, but he did it. And Jericho hits Kingston, allowing Santana and Ortiz to double-team Jericho. Santana hits Jericho with a big lariat, pins Jericho for the win. After the match, Jericho and Kingston start fighting, and it quickly gets broken up by the referees. The post-match segment seemed really weird. Jericho just got pinned with a big lariat. And he gets right out of the ring and goes right after Kingston. Why? I know we're trying to set up a Kingston-Jericho feud, but why? Why did they have to do that? I don't understand it. Kingston didn't get involved in the match. It was all Jericho's fault for attacking Kingston that cost him the match. (sighs) And really, the way they they locked up, it looked like, uh, forgive me here, but I'm going to say it. It looked like two old guys trying to get into a fight when neither of them had the energy to do it. I don't know why they needed to do that, but they did. 
We go backstage now for the Cutler Cam, which is quickly becoming my favorite thing to say about AEW. I'm absolutely loving the Cutler Cam segments. Adam Cole, the Young Bucks, and Red Dragon are backstage cutting a promo about the team, which team will go after the AEW Tag Team Championships. This was a nice little interesting segment because it's still playing in on that story. You know, they ask Kyle where he's been. He says, oh, well, you know, I just got nominated for Father of the Year with a newborn baby. Matt's like, oh, that's nice. I've got two of those. Nick's like, yeah, and I've got three of them. So there is still that they haven't clicked yet style thing going on here. So either this is going to lead to a massive breakup or they're all going to come together, get along, and be unstoppable. Uh, I think we're going to see both Red Dragon and the Young Bucks in the tournament. And I would honestly love to see it be the Young Bucks, Red Dragon, and uh, Jurassic Express for the tag titles. I think it's going to happen. I think it'll be fantastic. And I think we'll really see the Bucks and Red Dragon kind of go after each other in Lucha or Jurassic Express, excuse me, will just get the chance to kind of just sit back, relax, and have some fun. We get our non or no DQ match with Mercedes Martinez and Thunder Rosa next. The match begins with Thunder Rosa knocking a pipe out of Mercedes Martinez's hand. The match goes into the crowd after Rosa sends Martinez into the barricade. The action goes back and forth. There's a table set up. Martinez hits Rosa with a fisherman suplex. However, the table doesn't break right away, and they slide down it. This hurt both of them. Um, yeah, and I don't mean like character-wise. I mean that hurt. That table didn't break the way it was supposed to because they hit in the wrong spot, which happens. I'm not saying it's a botch. I'm not saying it's a bad spot. You never know. Once you start a suplex of sorts, any sorts, whether it's fisherman or German or whatever, you lose control of where you're going for sure. So they tried their best. I give them massive props for hitting that table, taking it, and continuing. You could see the real pain on both of their faces, especially Rosa. She struggled not to cry. And I don't mean cry as in, ow, I'm hurt type cry, like frustrated cry. Because the pain, the fact that the table didn't break and all that stuff. Anyway, continuing. Rosa hits Martinez with a running drop kick. Martinez has a metal trash can over her head. Mercedes hits Rosa with a giant spider German suplex out of the corner. Martinez goes up to top rope to hit an elbow drop. Slips off as she was coming down. So she landed hard uh, on Rosa. Martinez goes for the pin, but Rosa kicks out. Martinez has about four or five chairs in the middle of the ring. Martinez is going for the power bomb, but Rosa counters and slams down Martinez. Rosa then hits Martinez with the fire thunder driver. Rosa pins Martinez. After the match, Rosa helps up Martinez. Britt Baker comes out and walks up to Martin, and he tells her, finish her. Rebel and Jamie Hayter begin attacking Thunder Rosa. Baker wants a metal pipe to Martinez and tells her hands a metal pipe to Martinez and tells her to hit Rosa. Martinez hesitates too long 
and Hader starts attacking Martinez. That's what I w- wanted to happen. I wanted it to be a good payoff between Martinez and Rosa. I wanted Rosa to win. I wanted Rosa to do something to, you know, help her up or, you know, walk away from her or something or Brit and gang start attacking Martinez and Thunder Rosa helps them, helps her something. I wanted to see Martinez get away from Britt Baker and kind of join forces with Rosa, which I'm kind of hoping that's where this story is going at this point. Up next, we get a vignette from Malachi Black. He talks about how he is awaiting a new person to join him and Brody King, refers to him as history. Here's my thought on this. It's Buddy Matthews. Uh, Yeah. Why? Well, if you've been watching um, anything from SRS, Fightful, or any other um, kind of wrestling dirt sheet, you'll see that uh, Buddy has been in talks with AEW since the start of January or mid-January, but they're trying to make everything work out perfectly. They're trying to do this right. Well, if you watch that vignette again, Right after Black says justice and they show Black, somebody walks in. You can't see anything. It's all a shadow. I think it's Buddy Matthews. It would be the perfect time to bring him in. Maybe tease him a little bit more. Let the dirt sheets kind of run wild with it for a little bit. But I think it's Buddy Matthews. I think he's joining the House of Black and it's going to be amazing. I know I was all for Julia Hart at couple weeks ago but once I saw the news about Buddy Matthews it it was clear who the third was Switchblade Jay White cuts a promo talking about how about his upcoming match against Trent Beretta White also says if Kenny Omega stayed in New Japan there would be no AEW so he says AEW you're welcome so I'm interested to see what what becomes from Jay White here? Are we going to see a Bullet Club invasion? Are we going to see a Bullet Club reuniting of some sorts? I'm interested to see. And I think we'll get there sooner rather than later. Up next is our main event, the TNT Championship match. Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara. The match begins with Darby and Sammy shaking each other's hands. The crowd is chanting back and forth for Allen and Guevara. Then Darby takes Sammy down with a side headlock takedown. Sammy counters. Sammy does the same. Next, Darby goes for a crucifix, but Sammy avoids it. Next, Sammy was going for a dropkick, but Darby hits Sammy with a dropkick first instead. Sammy is on the top rope while holding up Darby. Sammy hits Darby with a massive military press slam. Darby flips over the outside ring. Darby makes it into the ring, but Sammy hits Darby with a senton, which sends Darby out of the ring once again. We go to our last commercial break with Sammy in control. Coming back from break, Darby hits Sammy with three consecutive coffin splashes. Finally, Darby has Sammy on the ropes and stretches his leg out. Sammy hits Darby with the Spanish fly. Sammy goes for the pin, but Darby kicks out. Darby puts the figure four submission on Sammy. Sammy reverses it, and Darby reverses it back. Now both men are exchanging slaps. Sammy goes for the GTH. 
Darby counters it into a pin attempt. However, Sammy kicks out. Darby goes for the dive, but Sammy counters it into a cutter. Darby is going for the coffin drop, but sees Andrade's assistant, Jose, getting on the apron. Sting takes him out. As Sting's taking him out, the referee's distracted, which allowed Andrade to hit Darby with his tablet. Darby is knocked out. Sammy grabs him. Off the ropes, hits the GTH. Sammy Guevara covers Darby Allen to retain the title. After the match, we see Matt Hardy attacking Darby Allen. Sammy goes back into the ring to stop Hardy, and Hardy retreats. Sammy is watching Hardy walk away, and we see Andrade back in the ring, but he hits Sammy in his back, and the show goes off the air. Overall, it was a good match. A lot of back and forth between these guys. I really enjoyed it. I knew they could do it. I knew they were going to steal the show, and they did. These two are great, and it may be for the TNT Championship tonight, but I'd say two, three years max, it'll be for the world title when these two go at it again. So overall tonight, I think it was a pretty solid show. Um, I was impressed. I enjoyed the show all the way through. I'm going to give tonight's show an eight overall. Um, not that there was anything bad that I really didn't like. It's just there were a few things that didn't make sense to me. Uh, the Jericho Kingston thing. Um, the AHFO attack after the uh, main event. Little things that just brought it down a little bit for me. But uh, I think if they keep going sooner or later, I'm going to be giving them a 9.5. It's just uh, not tonight. So my wrestler of the night, I know you're going to be like, why? He lost, but I'm going Lee Moriarty. Lee came out, gave it everything he had, left it all in the ring, showed up, showed off, and showed everybody exactly what he's capable of. I think still that Lee's got a long way to go, uh, but he's going to be the face of the company at some point within the next five years. And I don't just mean championship. I mean he is going to be the face of the company. You're going to see him everywhere. He's going to be all over the place. He's going to be doing all sorts of stuff. Five years. Five years. That's what I say. Uh, again, Tanner will be back with us again next week. We'll catch up with him. See what his thoughts are on this Cody story. I don't want to say scandal because it's not really a scandal. It's a story. Um, I'm sure between now and then we'll have more information on what's going on with Cody. Don't forget to like Kicking Out Podcast on all your social media platforms at Kicking Out Pod. Be sure to go ahead and follow Tanner Lee, even though he's not here tonight, at Tanner Lee 92. Follow myself at Paul Zartman 921. Be sure to listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast. If that happens to be Apple Podcast, give us a like, five-star review. Give us some good stuff. We want to climb up the rankings of the Apple Podcast chart. And we can't do that without you. So we greatly appreciate you giving us a five-star rating. Pull out the Dave Meltzer and do five stars. Five stars. Yes, five stars. Five stars. Five stars. I, I lost count. I was going for five, five stars, but... Again, I lost count. Join us again next week as we kick out another podcast. But don't forget, 
while you are on the Kicking Out Podcast social media platforms after you search up at Kicking Out Pod, check out the merch link in the bio. We've got stuff on Pro Wrestling Tees, and we've got our very own store. Buy a coffee mug, buy a t-shirt, buy a hoodie, buy something. You can uh, go old school with the KOP shirt like I've got on, or you can go new school with uh, some different designs. So check out both stores, buy some KOP merch, support a great podcast, and looking great while doing so. I'm Paul Zartman, and we'll be joined again next week with Tanner Lee. Join us again next week as we kick out yet another podcast. Podcast.